Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Screen Talk is sponsored by Nope from Universal Pictures. Written and directed by Academy Award winner Jordan Peele, Nope is an expansive pop epic of uncanny science fiction and complex social thriller that unpacks the seeds of violence, risk, and opportunism that are inseparable from the romanticized history of the American West and from show business itself. IndieWire has named Nope one of the 10 best films of 2022. ABC News calls it a spellbinder that keeps pushing boundaries. And The New Yorker says Nope is one of the great movies about movie making. For your consideration in all categories, including Best Picture of the Year, Nope is now available to stream on Peacock. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly movie podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, joined as always by Ann Thompson out in Los Angeles. And Ann, it's been a busy week. We do need to talk about Emancipation, which finally is a real movie opening in, in a sense. But before we get to that, the Gotham Awards happened. Everything, you were there. Everywhere, I was there. So you give me, you give me the 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 inside the house uh, color. Well, you know, everything, the, the everywhere, all at once won Best Feature. So obviously it's winning Best Picture. That's just a done deal, as you know, because these things predict It's definitely going to get nominated for sure. And we, and you know what? We were looking at Gene Dealman. We were making fun of Gene Dealman uh, winning the Sight and Sound poll. Um, long overdue woman director, all good. You know, Chantal Ackerman, all praise. But but the idea being that that if enough people put something at number seven, you know, it can end up at number one. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's almost like a microcosm of, of what happens in the awards race. Although if that resulted in a movie as avant-garde as Gene Dealman winning Best Picture, it would be- It a has to get into to the top on. 10 to begin yeah. with. <laughs> it's a little tricky. Although I love the discourse around that kind of stuff. That's why list making is fun and people shouldn't take it too seriously. At the Gothams, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy going to the Gothams. Like a lot of award shows, less to watch every detail than to wander around and talk to people and capture the mood and whatever you think about them in terms of their anticipation or impact for the rest of the award season. They certainly get a lot of people in the room. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence was there announcing there was Best a big, Picture. I looked at you. Did a, you, you took know. a picture over the balcony? Yeah, I was up above the balcony where the winner's room was. You know, you had Adam Sandler getting a special acting prize and uh, killing it. I mean, watching that, in you know, he's played the room many times we had him in new york film critic circle present best director to the safties and he did the same thing the kind of goofy adam sandler voice i'm not going to imitate but like he made jokes about a24 and stuff i mean the guy is a stand-up comedian and he knows how to do that but also you got the sense that there's just like a lot of respect for sandler in the industry like i'm looking down at all these actors and directors cracking up and i have this sense that uncut gems when he was up for that for best actor, 
he was probably kind of close. We'll never know how close, but probably kind of close. Now he's is, got hustle. He learned a lot. He earned a lot of bona fides for yes, that performance. Exactly. And, it gave people permission to see him in a certain way. He's been elevated by it. And, and there, he's going to do another movie with them, which I'm oh, certainly yes. looking forward to. Yeah. But and I don't he's got think hustle that hustle and, is, it's not, it's not. you know. No, but it keeps what, what what I think I think he got a taste of what it's like to be a legitimate seen as a legitimate actor in this context. And with Hustle being good enough, it is good. It, it's a very solid sports movie with a good filmmaker. It's Jeremiah a certain, I like the movie. And he's so, quite strong in it. So sure, sure. why not get I, him out there? So among the actors, um, they had a, a gender free uh, category. So I I. Danielle Deadweiler from Till won Best Actress, and I kept looking for the Best Actor. You know, I I couldn't help myself. Yeah, you've been trained. But it's also, I mean, that category, the thing about combining it that way that has yet to be resolved is that you wind up with such a long list of people nominated in one category. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly how to resolve that. Many of them were women. There weren't that many men nominated. It's great. I, I, I just uh, I do think it is it, it's harder to remember everyone who's in contention when you end up with that kind of result. You know, I think some people thought Paul Mescal was going to get that for um, after. Yeah, Sun. it would have helped so, him on his. Merry but obviously, way. after but Sun, you guys won at the film. New York Film Critics may may go. Well, there. we'll see. We we are recording on Thursday, New York Film Critics votes on Friday, so that that is an open question. What's going to happen, and and we'll we'll have to uh, revisit it next week. After Sun did win best first film so charlotte wells gave a nice speech and there's obviously a lot of love for that movie so the buzz keeps building there and even other people nominated in that category told me at the after party they were happy to see that everybody loves that film no no and it came out it came out very uh high on our best uh films of the year list at indiewire it came out yep. at number one it, it all adds up in that respect and you're going to see it on other top tens and so, so after forth, sun so. is obvious so what i hear from academy members if you care uh about that is we do is that we some, like them some of them really can't some. get into the movie i mean it, it is it is a hard movie to, to watch it's but not you know what i mean the, the, even people say that and then they they also end up talking about it a lot and different people have theories about it so it's sort of like saint omer the french it's very Oscar similar it right? haunts people and yeah. they remember it and they Sticks think about them. it but That's we'll see. Thing. They have to see it. Is the point of these awards right. something yes. like this? Got to make the a, effort. I made a point on on Twitter about this. At this stage of the game, it's so interesting. All these pundits are, yeah, this is what's leading, and this is what is clearly happening, and everything. <laughs> Most of the Academy members haven't seen the movies yet. This is, you know, around Thanksgiving, they haven't seen half the films. They they yeah, they catch I mean, up with them over the holidays. They 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 they're still getting screeners are stu- are just arriving now. You know, yeah, one and, one awards to the portal. One awards publicist mentioned to me the other day that it's one of the great assets for a movie in this season is when you open well ahead of the season and do well because everybody's already seen it. You don't have to do that reintroducing thing if it's a movie that's already done well early in the year. You don't have to make sure people saw it because they already remember it. And you just kind of have to keep reminding them. So something like Elvis or Top Gun. Well, these, these are, the, were already these are in problems. Place. These are problems for those films is that they do. Have it? To I don't be, know. They do have to be reminded. You just have to remind people that Elvis happened, though. You don't have to make sure they see it. They just no. have to go, oh, Austin have, Butler, right. No, yeah, but that's the issue. That's why they wait. They wait until the end of the year because they want recency bias to kick in and give them that magic million dollar baby win 
you know, the very last movie that anybody saw is the one that won the best picture that year. So it's a it's a it's a thing where they they balance, they hold back, they hold back a lot of the films and until the last minute because they want it to be the last thing that somebody saw and remembers. Well, at the Gotham's going back to that for a second with everything everywhere, which opened a really long time ago and had a really long tail in theaters and has been this kind of cultural phenomenon, you know, Halloween costumes, et cetera. It was fascinating to see like the Sandler effect, how much love in the room there was for that movie. I mean, at the after party at the Bowery, the Daniels and Adam Sandler were kind of hanging out on a couch together. You know, you could feel that sense of like also, yeah, they're, they're funny being, they're also they funny the daniels they are I although to tell you that there is, there's a number of of round tables and things that you can and podcasts you can listen to the uh the one with spielberg and paul thomas anderson uh, the dga uh, the conversation DGA conversation yeah. is well worth listening to and um yeah they go through a lot of what's real and not real in the movie which is fascinating and then the other um the other one it, that's fun on that side is Ryan Johnson and Phil Lord. That's a great combination. I'm sure they're hilarious. But the roundtable, the writer's roundtable for uh, The Hollywood Reporter, which is on video, I always love these because you see who really dominates. It was Daniel Kwan who dominated and yeah, yeah. along with Tony Kushner, which makes perfect sense. Well, people don't and, want to step on, on the, on somebody like Dan Kwan because it's such a personal story and et cetera, et cetera. But also he's a, he's just a really fascinating character. He's not the usual. He's a great talker type, and right? he's really smart and he's funny as hell. So he had them all in his hand. Uh, you know, these were pretty heavyweight folks. These guys you know? have not like been. Um, and, and, yeah. uh, and, and Jordan uh, Peele. Exactly. Because know? they're not used to talking to a, to a younger guy who's made one other feature in a bunch of music videos in this context too. Like there's something sort of liberating about that, to have that kind of youthful energy at the table, even Jordan Peele. I mean, he's Hollywood establishment, even if he was, you know, a comedy guy a decade ago and with Key and Peele. But, you know, I actually had a conversation with him at the Bowery Hotel during the after party about processing all this stuff. I mean, the weirdness of being sort of an outsider type suddenly ushered into what award season is. And he said something that you've probably heard before, which is, I've never wanted to win anything before. So this is all very strange to me. And I found that to be really interesting because I talking actually... about this year or was well, he, he they had just won best before. film. They had just won Best Film at the Gotham's. But obviously, oh, you mean there's Daniel Kwan. Like, You're talking yeah. about Daniel Kwan. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, I actually, I felt like on some level that was kind of sincere because when you make really weird outsider stuff, it's not necessarily like putting you on a mindset to think about like prestige, Oscar voter kind of, you know, validation. Of course not. No, so I think that kind of that's fascinating. They've that's been really screening the hell situation. out of it. And and I hope people do go to the theaters to to see it. But unfortunately, I am also hearing anecdotal intel about people seeing it in in their homes. And that's not the way to see that film. And that doesn't help that. film. Not the way to see a lot of films this season. It's not a good way to see Tar either. So on the yeah. dock side, all that breathes beat out all the beauty and the bloodshed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that did very well. It was a bit of a surprise, although it does seem like there is a very there's a lot strong of support for that film. Yeah, and then yeah. happening, which was last year's news, old yeah. news from from, uh, it, you know, it never got submitted as the French entry. It did, and it's not this year either. So, um, but that's a great movie. Um, 
but it doesn't. Yeah, do and and, and when it opened in the U.S., Roe had not been overturned yet, so Audrey D1's speech obviously had a new kind of and powerful resonance. So, um, so that was welcome. I mean, it was it was a you know overall totally fine night. I enjoyed seeing all those people in one place. I'm ready for the critics to dominate the conversation for a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be your time. Well, Tar got the screenplay, which is perfectly apt and understandable. Um, And Kehi Kwan got everything everywhere all at once. And I think he could win Oscar. He and Michelle Yeoh could both win the Oscar. It could happen. Again, you know, it it certainly didn't hurt that he gave a very emotional speech. (laughs) He gave a speech where he was in tears and said, you know, they said the three words that everyone wants to hear, which is we want you. And for a guy who's felt shunned by the industry for so long, I mean, it's even a more powerful story than some of the others out there, like Brendan Fraser or whatever. So anyway, we do have another new movie to talk about. So why don't we get into Emancipation? Because by the time people hear this, they can watch it for themselves too. I mean, it's one of those things it's where it's opening like, in theaters on December second, and it's going to be on Apple TV Plus on December 9th. Yeah. But um, uh, the question is, how many people are going to want to go see it in theaters? It's actually a very good-looking movie, and oh, I would recommend gorgeous. going. Robert to see Richardson it in theaters. killed it. That is, it's- I by far the best thing about this movie. Which, by the way, I didn't hate. I thought it was okay, but the visually, it's stunning. Extraordinary. Yeah, they go. There's all this overhead photography through the swamps, and there's extreme, extraordinary battle scenes at the end. So the movie moves through uh, the sort of um, here's what it's like to be a slave uh, narrative, and and they follow Peter, played by Will Smith, through um, uh, this you know Confederate railroad work camp, which is you know killing people right and left. And he is, he runs away with a couple of guys from there and he gets, he goes through the swamp and he's um, got Ben Foster on his tail, the hunter, the tracker, the relentless pursuer on horseback. He is awful. Not all, not a bad performance. I mean, he is just a bad dude. He's not going to give up. He's never going to give up. And so, and so he, he, you know, he fights alligators and climbs impossibly just one tall alligator. Trees. Let's be fair. Yeah. But it's a good revenant moment. You know, it's, it's their version revenant in water of sorts. I didn't see it coming. I think some people had heard murmurs of the, of, of the, I saw fight, that coming. I saw it, that it's coming. a good, it's a good moment. It's, it's fleeting. They set though. that up pretty well, but, but he's very, very good, Will Smith. Here's the thing. In another world, in another time and place, he would be nominated for this performance. He's He gives, there's even an Oscar moment. There's a, a really good scene uh, toward the end where he really got me and I, I cried. And he's got it. He's Well, I do think he's he's good, very good in the movie. And it is fascinating to ponder the hypothetical in, in terms of how people would see this performance in the immediate aftermath of his King Richard Oscar win. Cause it's, you know, it's so different. So you see, he does have real range as an actor. He's speaking with an sure. accent. He carries and, this movie and, very And the well. accent is not distracting. No, it's, I feel like the movie sort of divided against itself on the, it's like on the one hand, trying to be a very serious kind of period piece survival story. And at the same time, it kind of teases this idea of a more kind of, genre-based survival thriller that's well, it isn't willing to be entirely entertaining that's it's that's at odds with that problem. potential yeah. yeah but it but it but, but then it, it, also it goes falls, there once or twice it also falls into these very rigid almost sequences you know segments yeah and 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 it, it and, and each one almost uh weighs its welcome you know it goes on to the hunting part goes on too long the 
the war part is is hard to take, but there's some extraordinary scenes there. Uh, beautiful. And of beautiful course, the scenes. the photograph is a real photograph of of an escaped slave uh showing on camera in the very early days of photography the, the his whipped back you know putting that in a narrative context is is pretty remarkable i thought that moment was really well done very one well of done. the high points to me so there's a lot yeah. to see about this movie i think more general i don't know how it'll do in whatever the kind of limited theatrical it's getting but when people watch it on apple tv plus and i think they will want to watch it because will smith etc they're probably a lot of people are going to be totally fine with it. I don't think it's going to annoy people or upset them, et cetera. And no, I think it will upset a lot of people in a in the right way. In the right way. I mean, I mean, they won't they won't them. feel like it's a it's they were cheated of something. It's not it's not a disappointing watch. Does it's it? Okay. Res- it's just yeah, okay. It's just okay. It's Fifty nine on Metascore, Metacritic, which which is not great. That's not where you want to be. But what is the average for Will Smith? Contender. I mean, Will no, it's as you say. I mean, he, if in a year in which the slap didn't happen, he would, he be, would maybe be nominated, one or two and that would be, nominated. and then maybe Rob Bob Bob Richardson. Yeah, you know, who could I mean, still he, be a I contender. I think he should be. He should sure. be absolutely. Um, and Antoine you watch the, um, did a really good job, but I don't know uh, that he will, you know, end up nominated or anything like did that. Did you watch Will Smith's Daily Show appearance? Uh, I, I, I watched some of it yes yeah it is fascinating it's a lot of softball questions they are friends you can feel the calculation in the room but also that will smith seems to have made a very conscious desire to be underprepared for how to discuss this i mean he is grasping for words he's saying you know a lot and sort of trailing off and it it kind of feels like the overall strategy is that he doesn't need to say too much clearly about the slap he just needs to kind of show that he feels really bad about it and then let people kind of accept it and move on i do think that he's been very well prepared and that there's an element of performance there uh eric um, I, if you watch I, mean, I, I was sort of amazed that he didn't have a good line if that makes sense it wasn't it, it feels like the the kind of the strategy is contrition, contrition, contrition. Don't apologize to Chris Rock. Just show that you feel really bad and and move on. But mm. I mean, I I think that that is the sense though, right? It's that people just want to see Will Smith being Will Smith. They don't need to see him constantly apologizing. They just need to know that that he you know screwed up and he's still that guy you want him to be. So he showed up at the red carpet at the at the premiere in Westwood. He gave an introduction. He lauded his co-stars, perhaps consciously, you know, right. and, and uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I suspect not much on the Oscar front. Yeah. But if it's, it's not a disaster and no, people are okay hardly. with the movie, what happens know. with his career now is another really interesting it's, question. It's just he hard. To, I mean, I could see SAG nominating him, for example. They have no, you know, they have no uh, reason to be upset by by the Oscars necessarily. Um, but the, I don't think Academy voters will vote for him. He mentioned, and this was something that's been sort of semi-reported on before, that he's already got this new project he's doing with Darren Aronofsky called mm. Pole to Pole. You know, they've done these other Disney Plus series where he's traveling around the world, going on adventures. It's sort of an environmentalist outlook on things. And Pole to Pole, he's like going to Antarctica and stuff. So he's already got stuff in the pipeline to kind of restart his celebrity as a as a powerful brand. 
And I guess we'll see with time if now that this this one's out in the world, if if that you know desire continues to be sort of as on point as it's been to, from a strategic standpoint. But well, people will be reminded that he's that he's a damn good actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is a good actor, and I'm sure that there are a lot of filmmakers who want to work with him. I, you know, I I would think he could expand his range now and work on some weird smaller movies and do some really good stuff. But I don't think that's he doesn't seem happen. like he's he's not going to pull a Sandler and, and no. call up the Safdie brothers, who I'm sure would love to talk about some possibilities there. But in any case, we've been catching up on some international things, or at least I know you have. You finally, I finally got saw to the, EO. The I donkey finally did. Movie. And I, I noticed that Manola Dargis did a major rave in the New York oh, Times. Yeah. Her favorite that. movie of the year. Uh, but I, uh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a really beautifully, elegantly um, uh, executed piece of uh, high art. I loved it. Was it I, as I, I, disturbing I as you thought? It. You were there was afraid. One part, it was... There was one part that was disturbing. Um, but I, you know, I'm a tough cookie, and you know, my the 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 friend of mine who was so freaked out by it is just one of those people who's who's uh, an animal lover and can't, can't handle it, you know, doesn't. doesn't yeah. But I mean, well. this, I can handle anything. It's not as brutal as some of the, I mean, I don't know who, how many people saw Andrew Arnold's cow or even Gunda, which has a really tragic sequence at the end. This one is more poetic. It's not precise. And I would even say the ending without spoiling anything kind of ambiguous if you actually not really eric <laughs> i i will talk to you offline about this because uh -uh. i have some i've uh -uh. seen it twice and the second time i i saw it i had some theories and i will not spoil it but and if anyone wants to dm me who's listening to this i could share them with you but with then the you. other the other one i caught up with was um finally was return to soul which is an excellent excellent movie with an incredibly Cambodian good performance entry. at its yeah. center very contemporary very youthful uh very moving uh, it's an adoption story basically um, but it it is it is uh, also about uh, identity and and the immigrant identity. Uh, it's a it's a it's got a lot of a lot of good things going on. We're worth seeing. So we're less than twenty days as we're recording now up from the the shortlist dropping, and uh, I'm very curious to see. I mean, fifteen films is quite a lot, so it, you can start to flesh it out pretty easily. And I don't feel like anything on our I think our list is are, pretty yeah, good. I think we're right pretty now. accurate, but yeah. something could get snubbed. It's really hard to say what it would be. I mean, I hope EO gets on there, but people got to watch it. I hope that there's no surprise with say something like Decision to Leave or you know these these films that seem like they've been in the conversation, but they've been in conversation a while, um, and then smaller films like say it's not small but you talk about this norwegian film that it hasn't well, been war sailor is not a small sailor. film actually at all it's one of but the it hasn't been budget films yeah. on the list but it's starting to pick up uh buzz i mean it's starting to get seen it's starting to get noticed so uh i i would expect that to make it to the to the long that's a long list 15 you know? it is a lot it is yeah. a lot but something always gets bumped. I mean, there will be surprises. I mean, uh, I haven't seen all the Latin American entries yet. We know that Bardo is a Mexican entry. Strong chance that'll be on there and so Oh, forth. yeah, it'll be on there. So we'll see what happens on that front. Meanwhile, movies are not particularly doing well in theaters. I mean, no, very, Abelman's very still struggling. Glass Onion made $15 million in one week, and that wasn't something that Netflix even really 
cared for at least from a business standpoint but they, they don't certainly... no they want they want the money they're just but they're, it's not the point the point is that not they're that promoting the movie for later and that's yeah the, that's it's about the, the january numbers that's right but and it, they accomplished it, their goal i mean that was they know exactly what they're doing it's not like they're making a mistake that's what everybody keeps it's like netflix should have known netflix should have understood it's like they know exactly what they're doing they're they're yeah, yeah. even if even if reed hastings you know um goes uh, in public and says that they left money on the table he does he's not regretting it he's he's saying they did but this was the goal of the of the of the purpose of the thing but i don't think it's just they should have known it's are did, are they realizing what potential there is beyond that in other words if it it's was still in business. theaters now it's i know but business. if it was still in if it kept playing in theaters for another two or three weeks does that not generate even more buzz for that january uh, it, I would it, say could, it, it could it yeah. could but the point is is that they want that buzz to to be to be marketing uh, felt in with eyeballs on the site they don't want to share their money with the with the, the so, exhibitors so start to gradually they're, they're not interested lessen. in making theaters happy you could they do want, a they want people to watch their site yeah but this is a disruptive entity you could you could do like a reverse platform release start on a bunch of screens and slowly constrict them or in the weeks leading up to it and then it's like you're getting all this buzz off of one screen and then suddenly it's on netflix and everyone can see it again i don't know play around a little bit but keep the theaters in the conversation i mean they obviously need the business they use the theaters as a promo device and they're welcome yeah. to do so i remain completely convinced that the people we should be yelling at are the studios who aren't giving the theaters enough movies like knives out or the studios that weren't willing to pay the money for knives out of course it wouldn't work on their on their metrics it, you and know they course, couldn't afford to pay what netflix paid but you also have like a lot of window shrinking going on i mean um, uh bones and all it's on pvod now and Fableman's is heading there and, and there they're all week. you know they've all they've all capitulated they're not going to be in theaters um right. only during during the uh holidays usually they all stick around there's a whole pattern that everybody follows they expect to get good customer show up during the holidays they're not expecting it they're gonna go get their pvod money which they should so speaking of netflix senior is out this week finally I, that i hope people that's get worth seeing that. definitely it's so good yeah. i hope it does well on netflix it's not obviously like a slam dunk from a streaming standpoint because it's not like people know who robert downey senior is and it's not robert downey jr talking about avengers or something and it's in black and white i don't know if that's a disincentive to people i i, I just don't know but it's it's a really amazing and emotional. And it's, it's just a it's 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 a it's about a filmmaker that we maybe don't know a lot about. Many of us. I mean, I knew him, but I learned a lot more than I knew before, because I grew up in in the era that he was you know his Robert Downey Sr. was making films. But it's also a, a lovely family uh, drama, really. You know, showing well, the dynamics between yes. father and son. Yes, and I freaking love uh, Putney Swope. If people aren't familiar with that, this is a good way to get introduced to it. It doesn't spoil the movie, and then you can go check it out. So, and then Eternal Daughter. Speaking of of parent-child relationships, that's that with Tilda Swinton playing both mother and daughter in Joanna Hogg's. I movie still have to catch up with from that. May twenty-four. Maybe not an obvious awards contender, but very much a cool theatrical experience that that I suggest uh, people seek out. So tomorrow, as we're recording on a Thursday, will be the New York Film Critic Circle vote. So when we convene, reconvene next week, we'll have we'll that. We'll have to talk all about. that intel. We'll also have Avatar. 
You were talking yes. about the last movie, the muscle memory. What is it? What, what is it? The recency the bias. Recency bias. So we'll I'll see, see that on Tuesday. Dang, How about you? Dang. Yep. Okay. I think the whole damn world that has that privilege of seeing movies slightly before they come out. Did you read the New York Times article, by the way, about how uh, Avatar is it was like the great franchise film that faded from popular culture? It's fascinating. I mean, it really is. It makes a really fat, a good point that I hadn't really tracked about just how, how long it's cultural, been but also just how little cultural impact but it avatar was, has had actually james cameron time. addresses it in a very good cover story in the hollywood reporter by rebecca keegan who got to go to wellington and new zealand and visited him on the set and everything i'm so jealous you know but but this is um he addresses that that was the first entry that's the first movie avatar has only had one film I know it's not That's Star Wars. Kind of it's not, it. you know, the Lord of I the Rings. I think it's like he yeah. had the rare privilege. He waited. Of, he just waited a really long time. Yeah, he had the he rare, rare two. privilege in in the context that nobody else has created a blockbuster that big and not be forced to deliver something, you know, a year or but two he, later. He knew he couldn't. He knew he couldn't in that quick a time frame. And he I, obviously he was waiting he had the for choice. more uh, uh, opportunities for technology to advance so that he could deliver something better. So we'll know? see on that front. Well, before we wrap, I do want to plug an event that's upcoming in Los Angeles, and I'm going to get a chance to see you there, which is uh, this short film showcase. So we're doing a program of Oscar qualified short films on Friday, December 9th. And there's information on the site if anyone wants to come um at the I raleigh raleigh cinema raleigh yeah. Studio, studios at, at the chaplain theater um a bunch of the filmmakers are going to be there it's a really great blend of live action animated and documentary i think some of these movies they stand a good ch chance of getting shortlisted and possibly getting nominated and there are some real possible winners in there you should see it before before i handicap it but i will say that it's it was a really cool experience to go through the shorts. Usually we talk about them later in the season. I know, I always stall and, and wait <laughs> for the lot. short list. There's a lot of good stuff out there. It's international and it's knowing these films is how you really win your Oscar pool. So it's a good way to get an early jump on it. So <laughs> we'll talk more next week, but I'll see okay. you in LA soon see enough. You, see you next week. Have a good bye -bye. weekend. We'll bye. be in person. Okay, yes, bye.